Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On 558am, online, on your smart speaker, and on digital radio. This is Love Sport. They dare to do, and the Lily Whites are going to score on you. They're no angels, but this season, Harry and the boys are going for gold. From White Hart Lane to Wembley, Spurs will always be North London's finest. It's the Tottenham Hotspurs Fans Show on Love Sport. Yeah, good evening. This is Love Sport Radio with your Tottenham Hotspur fan show. The chats from Last Word on Spurs are here. Good evening, Ricky. Good evening, Jace. Evening, mate. He's in a better mood than last week. Bit of sticking plaster that, that, to get over the broken broken heart from last week, mate. Oh, look at that. Look at that. We should have some, come here some old school romantic tunes tonight, something <laughs> like that. Just some like broken heart tracks if possible. Uh, producer Paddy is on the knobs tonight. Ricky Sachs is in the building. You're up, pal. Hello. Yeah, I've been better. Yeah, yeah, some of, we just we're not our usual bouncy Spurs vibe tonight. We're not. We're going to try to be. Obviously, we've got a game in under twenty four hours. If you're listening to the podcast, it's tonight for you. So, West Ham in the cup, big big game. Need a reaction. Yeah, and uh, guess who else is here? Do, do, I mean, I don't I've, I don't see him that often in here, but it's always so good to have him. It's Jamie from Daily Hotspur. It's only Jamie in it. Jamie from Daily Hotspur. Right, He's I'm like a celebrity. You know that. <laughs> no, obviously, yeah. Disappointing <laughs> yesterday. I haven't been to the game, but. We're trying to be as positive as possible. So, Good stuff, good stuff. Um, chaps, firstly, uh, a very, very sad weekend for football on a whole. Of course, um, we, 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 well, some people got up at midday. I, I didn't. I was up and about. Um, but I, I reached uh, my game at the weekend and I heard the sad news about Glenn Hoddle. And, you know, 
everyone upon everyone in the world of football was really shocked to hear this news because he is an absolute legend. So much mm. respect for him, an outpouring of emotion for him. Um, Jason, I'll ask you first because you, I presume, saw him play, you know, as well as manage Spurs. W- what are your memories of Glenn? It's just, just you know, for most of us, he's he's probably the best player we've ever seen. So you know, those that that weren't there in the '60s side. So uh, just just an enormous talent and and meant so much to Tottenham. And I think you know he's he'll still say we and us now, even when he's talking about Tottenham. So it was it was sad news. And uh, fortunately, I, I, I've just seen Maxi Miller's uh, tweet that he's out of intensive care. So hopefully on the road to recovery, and we'll all look forward to to seeing him at a game pretty soon. And Ricky, of course, you know, you, you would have grown up, like me, watching Glenn Huddle Spurs, uh, what, in the late 90s, early 2000s, as he took on from George Graham, and um, it was an interesting Spurs side, you know, bringing through a few youth prospects, like so Johnny Jackson came through, uh, Matty Etherington playing in the team, he gave Simon Davis a shot as well. Um, what was he like for you as a manager, and, and obviously as a man on a whole? Yeah, well, my dad, from a very young age, kind of forced me to watch repeats of Glenn Hoddle on video and just say, look, this is why you're a Spurs supporter, the flair... The magic. I mean, he's known as God, so let's hope you know the Son of God is is being looked after. But I just want to say on the on the weekend as a whole, from all of us on behalf of Last Word on Spurs, and obviously very kind we get this platform to do it on Love Sport. That our thoughts and prayers are also with the Letter City, you know, supporters and everybody there at that club for the tragic loss they've had over the weekend. It's just been a horrendous weekend for football in general, and it's do you know what what we have seen this weekend is a real coming together of the football family obviously then we had the news about Glenn and let's hope please God he's going to make a full recovery he's a Tottenham legend we want to see him obviously in this new stadium and yeah my my thoughts are with Glenn and his family right now and with those Leicester boys it's just such a sad time for football and it only was also the the sad case at Brighton wasn't there the fan before the game at Brighton so we shouldn't forget that one as well you only get the opportunity to see you know what Glenn means for this club you know in, in circumstances like this where everyone comes together and he's got such an outpouring of love from everybody special special player special man means so much to Tottenham Hotspur supporters and um, I'm sure Jamie wants to have a few words as well about this yeah I mean first and foremost you know just hope that he makes a full recovery it seems like he's doing better now which is obviously fantastic news but um, I never had the pleasure of watching him but you know from what I've heard from people like my dad and other people you know such a special player and arguably one of the greatest players um, Spurs have ever had and you know I've watched highlights of him before and he's just you know you can tell what special player he was yeah no uh, 100% everyone you know sends their best wishes to uh, to Glenn Hoddle and of course everyone at Leicester City Football Club as well after the sad passing of uh, their chairman and uh, four others in that terrible helicopter crash after their game against West Ham United Japs um, let's look at yesterday's fixture Spurs nil Manchester City won Riyad Mahrez with the only goal for Manchester City came inside five and a half minutes um, are you disappointed you didn't get anything from that game? Um, if, I suppose if you looked at the last 15-20 minutes and, and the last big chance fell to obviously to Eric Lamella and you think you know we perhaps could have done I think if I'm really honest over the 90 minutes you know, David Silver had that fantastic chance, didn't he, to kill us or to pretty much put the game to bed. We just didn't work Edison enough, really. I thought we we huffed and puffed. We tried. We forced Manchester City into a number of errors, and we certainly were a lot a lot more aggressive against them than we were last year. But I think just ultimately, probably it was the right result, City to win it by one. But 
you know, obviously, as I say, Lamella's chance could have got us something, and and the effort was there, and the, and the fight was there. So I wasn't too dispirited from it at all. Rick. Yeah, I mean, for me, again, Spurs, <laughs> if you look at the game overall as a summary, you know, we've been simply outdone by an individual error in tribute defensively, and then Lamella failing to take the advantage late on in the game, a massive chance to bring us level. And the, f- the fact is, we look at this Tottenham team, listen, we know we need investment, I'm sure we're going to come on to that later in the show, as we always do, but if we do want to seriously look to challenge for trophies, look to push for the league, then we have to start cutting out these errors from our game, and Jason always says the word gamecraft, we just don't seem to have enough of it at the moment, and like I say, players, even though it's a Lloris, again, at fault last night, is kicking, as we know, has never been his greatest attribute, but... Yeah, there's just so many individual errors being made from this Spurs squad at the moment. We have to find a way, and Pochettino has to also, of eradicating these. Jamie, what about you? What yeah. do you make of last yeah. night's fixture? Obviously, you know, everyone's going to be disappointed with mm. coming away from uh, from Wembley. Uh, well, was there anything you looked at and thought, you know, what that is the overriding factor that has caused us to lose this game? Um, I, well, it was obviously just a mistake. That was the biggest area. It was Kieran Trippier's error that led to the goal. That was obviously the the biggest area of the game. Um, but look, it, it, City were there for the taking last night. They weren't at their best last night, and that was the chance for us to really go and make a statement. Um, we weren't good enough, and you know, we, um, people say that we did play well, and I think we played okay. But ultimately, we failed to score at home. We didn't create that many chances. Um, I think the way the game went, we could have won the game, uh, or, or we could have got sorry, we could have got a result at least. Um, as I said, City were there for the taking, but uh, we failed to capitalise on that. The only thing I say is, you know, we'll focus on Kieran Trippier's error, but but actually we forced Manchester City into a lot of errors. Mendy's yeah. one that he let run under his foot. Riyad Mahrez getting robbed on the halfway yeah. line for Lamella's chance. Kevin De Bruyne came straight on and was robbed on the the edge of the box. So we actually forced, we probably forced them into as many errors as we made. We just didn't capitalise on it as as they did. Yeah. Do you know what it is, though, chaps? If we're being realised about it, it's one shot on target in the whole game. We've got no real attack, you know. Att- I say, I'm being fair. I think I say this. There's, there was no real intent in that final third, no, and I know no. we had no Delhi and no Eriksen. Obviously, Delhi came on later in the game, and you would argue, obviously, and no Sonny as well. He was on the bench. We know those three players on their own bring so much creativity to this Tottenham side. But if you look at it overall, we didn't contribute enough no. to that game to win it. I, I, I still think I could argue and say we deserved. I think we deserved a point for the effort we put in the second half. And Lamella, it's you know. I love Lamella. That's a, that's a golden chance. I know Pochettino's come out and said the ball bubbled, but at this level, when you know you're you're punished, you know in these kind of games, top top games against the big sides, you have to take your chances. Mm. Lamella has to be putting that one away. Are you, are you looking at Lamella and going, you know what? You look at their lineup and you look at Man City's and you go, well, you know what, Lamella. Wouldn't even get into cities. He's had he, a won't, g- he won't get. He won't get into cities, aren't Well, he might not get into cities, aren't But he's had a, let's not forget. Lamella's had a great run of form, hasn't he, Jason, for Spurs recently? Yeah, whether he'll get into their side or not is irrelevant to the fact he should still take the chance. So, you but know, what I'm saying is, is about sort of the gap in quality. Naturally, everyone's going to look at it and go, you know what, they're, they're power Lamella, yeah. or, Lamella you know. isn't one of our best players, though. But you'd say that um, our best front three would, uh, uh, behind Kane would be Son, Delhi, and Ericsson. And you'd argue that maybe Ericsson could get into City's lineup. Delhi Ali, De- well, so obviously, <laughs> yeah. um, Delhi Ali on his day might might get into the City's lineup. So, yeah, look, Lamella's not one of our starters on when everyone's hitting top form. So, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, just two games in the EFL Cup tonight. Of course, Leicester City's game with Southampton has been postponed following the uh, the the incident that took place at the club on Saturday. Uh, Bournemouth taking on Norwich, Burton, Albion taking on Nottingham Forest. We'll have updates uh, from those games, and we'll be looking ahead to the uh, Spurs West Ham game tomorrow as well. It's come around so quickly. Uh, how amazing is that? Twelve minutes past seven. This is last ball ready. We'd love to hear from you tonight. Oh two oh eight seventy twenty five five eight. The Fans Show on Love Sport with 7OTB.com. Predict 7 to net a million. Love Sport, 558 AM. Love Sport. I work for RespokesmanSaid.com. We can help you save money on your home insurance. All you need to do is visit RespokesmanSaid.com and find out if we can find you a better deal. The Love Sport Fan Shows. But what the start of this season has shown us is that the one thing that we had we've always had is just how amazing that support has been and we've been the envy of many clubs and there's many clubs out there imitating what we do if you listen to the, the Watford away support it's literally song after song copied with words changed from from what was generated by the HF in their chance so they've got their version of We Love You they've got their version of Stand in the Rain Stand in the Sun all these songs that we've we've generated weekdays and Sunday from 7pm Love Sport, 558 AM. Yeah, good evening. This is Love Sport with last word on Spurs, talking all things Spurs until 9 p.m. tonight. Let's talk now. Uh, let's talk to Jamie from Daily Hotspur because he's got to send me a list of questions and we're going to be taking yep. these and we're just going to be folding them a bit more into the show because as always it's all about you we'd love to hear from you we'd love to hear from you tonight on 0208 70 25 give us a call let us know your thoughts on last night's game but Jamie let's have one of your questions yep. so SV on Twitter well it's something that I've said previous on the podcast about the fullbacks he says uh, in the full, uh, in fullback area it's alarming who could we bring in to fix the issue as it's clear for all to see um, well, obviously, as I said previously, Walk. You know, since we, since we've lost Walker and Rose, you know they've just been such a big miss for us. It's been it was such a big part of Pochettino's team when he first arrived, um, and Walk, um, Trippier and Davis just aren't good enough anymore. Um, players to bring in. I mean, two names that I'd throw in already would be Ben Chilwell from Leicester. I'm a big fan mm-hmm. of him. You know, he's a young, he's a young fullback, and I think he looks very exciting there at Leicester in a pretty good Leicester team. Um, and the other one, obviously, it would be Ryan Sessegnon. I think that's obviously he's not a left back though. Uh, well, a left. Well, he's a fullback. No, he's he's, he's a yeah. winger. He's he's he, this, I, is, this is the problem. He's been playing at, out yeah. out of position by the. It's the Gareth Bale, manager. isn't it? As Gareth Bale was never quite. Well, a yeah, left he's back. not a left back. He's yeah. trust me. You you think that Spurs spending fifty million pound on Ryan Sesson would be a good idea when when you're shipping goals because people are pumping balls down the left hand yeah. channel over the top and he's like, where is it? Well, you're going to be in trouble. But well, there's Ben Chilwell. Then I think that Ben Chilwell. I've always really liked Ben Chilwell for a couple of years. You know, he's still young. He's 22. So I think he's a you know he's attacking fullback. He looks really confident when he's been playing in the Premier League. So 
that for me would be the shout, yeah. The one I've liked so far that I've seen is is the Palace boy Wamba Saka. Yes, he's oh, yes. more at right back. I think he made his debut against us, didn't he? Uh, in February oh, time last. I've got yeah, a feeling he made his some, debut against us, and yeah. I know he got picked out on yeah. on TV for his performance mm. against against Arsenal. But every time I've seen Palace, he's yep. impressed me. Yep. Yep. His quality, Wambasaka, is actually mm. top, top, top class. And I, I presume he he satisfied a homegrown part of the, yeah. the thing that is, we're struggling with. He, he he's be- come through the, the youth side. Is he a better uh, option to than, than Trippier right now? Uh, <laughs> Trippier's getting in the England side every week. He's yeah. well, every every international break, if you like. He's a, he's a favourite with Gareth Southgate. You're going to bring in Aaron Wambasaka, who's had what? But he's a younger eight months at the top level he's a younger guy and you'd kind of be hoping to develop him over time and uh, hope he's a long stay in the team so I think he'd be a long term investment someone like uh, Wissaka so yeah just to pick up on your point Aaron before I read out my listener question just on Trippier I think we have to bear in mind that I think Spurs fans some of us we want him to be a player that he's never going to be He's never going to be an attacking fullback. He just hasn't got that in his game. And I know, obviously, the argument last week we sat here and Jace obviously mentioned he was a bit of a coward. He wouldn't get over the halfway line. I just don't think that's in his makeup. He's not that fullback that, you know, he's not engineered to be like that. He's very much a kind of stable fullback. Same as Davis. They're not going to give you much in terms of an attacking intent. What they will do is try their best to defend for you. Obviously, we've seen Trippier in the World Cup. He's got a great set piece on him. But I don't think long-term Trippier is going to be the answer for Tottenham. We both know, and Jamie, you mentioned there, how the question probably we need to ask ourselves is how have we gone from having that Rose and Walker mm. partnership to having, no offence, Davis and Trippier, where, let's not forget though, Tri- Davis and Trippier are in place for the Real Madrid win, they're in place for the Arsenal win last mm. year. That's not me saying they're good enough, but I think we are missing that, that pace. Mm. But just to quickly fit in the listener question here, this is from... We're going to go to, this is a bit of a funny one, to Soko. So this is from Michael Chibbers at Chive Turkey 84. Just to ask you this one. If Sissoko plays, well, plays like he did last night, is the new Spurs store at risk of running out of S's for his name printing? We saw the best and, and worst of him last night, didn't we, in fairness? I mean, his, his ball carrying was, was fantastic last night, often turning us from defence into attack. And it was the, the bit late on where he, he chased all the way back into the yeah, right-back yeah. position and covered. So, But then there was there was the one balloon thing that went straight out of play behind, <laughs> conceded a corner. There was a ball that bounced off his shin, yeah. I think, late on. And, and obviously he had the chance in the first half. But, you know, was his touch? in the first half any worse than, than Harry's in the first yeah, half when, when it was an even better chance but I think you know you could hear his name being sung last night and it, and it's no coincidence that when when people get behind him rather than screaming abuse and booing him he plays okay he's, he's still not a great player don't get me wrong he's never going to be the, the great player but I think if people see the effort he put in last night and, and could get off his back and just let him play then you might see a, a decent player you're never going to see yeah. a great one mm. but you know he, he contributed last night as much as anyone else so you know may, maybe there will be a Sissoko shirt on sale soon we know though don't we we know he's one of the weakest in the squad I think most Spurs fans accept that but like you just said there I don't think he deserves anywhere near the amount of criticism he gets no. You saw him last night all the time, Jamie, wasn't he? He was trying to make yeah. an opening, trying to make things happen. That's all you can ask him. He's given the commitment to the course. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, Pochettino's spoken that he knows that he's not going to get the quality up to Soko, but he brings that effort to the team. And he does, I think, in a way, last night, he, he kind of he does a job. 
That's all he's done. For the stick he takes, mm. fair play to him. He's no, cracking no, on and getting yeah, on with the job, yeah, isn't he? Is, and I, I think, sure. you know, in, in that midfield where, where Dyer and particularly when it's Dyer and Dembele, it gets slow and it, yeah. I think Musa doesn't have the mobility he used to have. So, you know, the fact that Musa Sissoko is in there to, to give a bit of mobility yeah, and so, to close yeah, down and to break forward because it just doesn't come from Eric Dyer or Musa Dembele. So he is doing a useful role for the team, but in the long run, you want somebody to do that role with more quality, obviously. Yeah, I mean, although he was great last night, you just have to question how have we got to the biggest game of the season <laughs> yeah. and Musa Sissoko is starting Spot on. he was he was brilliant and don't get me wrong I think he and I don't mind him but I, d- I can't believe it's got to a stage where Sissoko has to start and it's all going to come down to that big word that begins with R any ideas what it is I can't think Aaron no resources? No, no, no 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 we'll talk about it after a short pause 0208 70 at Love Sport Radio on Twitter they are at last word on Spurs we'd love to hear from you this evening your opinions uh, we've had one text in fact one one tweeting already from uh, chris brown but i'll read that out because it's got something to do with that uh, that word we're beginning with r this is love sport where he is he's got a long contract he's got all his, his staff around him he, he's a work colleague he's there at 8 o'clock in the morning to 6 at night he lives down the road all the things are there I mean do I know what he's thinking today no he'll be below today because he hates losing the circumstance of the pitch uh, for both sides was the same I think that is not uh, to put now in the circumstance where the circumstance for both sides Yeah, this is Love Sport Radio. There we heard from Paul Miller and from Maurizio Pochettino on uh, on on just uh, a few bits. Obviously, the pitch has been a, a big issue, and Paul Miller there talking about Pochettino's long-term future. Let's talk now uh, to Will from New Jersey, uh, United States. Will, do you know what the word beginning with R is? <laughs> No, I don't know what you're talking about. Sorry. No, R. Oh, recruitment. Recruitment, pal. That is what it's all going to come down to. Uh, but good evening. Thanks for calling in. What uh, What? What would you like to say tonight, pal? Well, uh, and uh, forgive me because I haven't heard uh, the show to this point. Uh, it's kind of my work day, but I snuck away to try to get a uh, try to get the call in. What a uh, man. What a man. You know, I, uh, so, saw the game yesterday. Uh, you know, it was frustrating. Uh you know, at the end of the day, they capitalized on our mistake, and we didn't capitalize on theirs. And, um, you know, sometimes I feel like that happens way too often. Uh, uh, boy, and, you know, we seem to have lost, you know, more than our fair share of games over the last couple of years on this uh, kind of, uh, you know, this long ball, you know, this route one that's that. Uh, gets mishandled and suddenly there's a goal and we lose the game. You know, I'm thinking of the uh, uh, the Man U game we lost last year one nil. And um, you know, I, I, I love this team, I love this coach, but you know, if we really want to contend for trophies and you know, contend for the league, which seems insane at the moment, um, we're not good enough. You know, the players that we have are not good enough. And uh, for, 
for for Daniel Levy and for management not to not to support uh, this team with any new players coming into this year is a crime, and I think it may affect us for. I think it it it, it may have an effect for. For quite a while. And, you know, when I was watching the game uh, yesterday, you know, uh, I follow Ricky on Twitter and I see kind of the highlights that he shows and, you know, some of the previous wins and some of the previous games we've had against Man City. And, you know, one thing that, uh, uh, that really kind of came to mind is that it's really kind of same old, same old. You know, we've been watching these, you know, really the same team for three years. Um, and boy, I think we need an injection of of talent. I think we need an injection of a proven winner. And it is really incomprehensible that we can't find a backup for Harry Kane. Yeah, look, I, t- so I totally, I totally there's agree. My, there's I, my rant. Yeah, look, I, I totally agree that it feels as though it has gone stale a bit at the club. Um, Heading into the season, it's always, you know, you look at where what we're aiming for this season, it's always constantly been the same thing. There's no improvement. There's no, look, this year is the year we can win the title. It's always, you know, can we get in that top four? Can we win the FA Cup? You know, that that's not what the top-level players, Harry Kane, Christian Eriksen, Deli Ali, the likes, they want to be going for the top trophy the, the biggest prizes and um you know we're we're still aiming for the we're still going for the same aims because we're not bringing in better players we're not improving um you know and we've gone into the season with players like Musa Dembele playing in the team who we wanted to try and get rid of I don't know how we're you know Dembele a player we wanted to get rid of is you know starting for us constantly and we're relying on him so much um but yeah I totally agree that you know it has start it's starting to go stale I think, Will, you mentioned the points there. We, we spoke well, yeah, about it a lot and, of this last and, week. You know, and, and some players who could have made a real difference for not a lot of money, you know, have just slipped through our fingers. I'll tell you what, the, the, the first call that we should have made when, la- when last season ended was to call Sha- uh, Shakiri's agent. $13 million for that talent is a steal of the century. You know, Klopp said in the news conference when they brought him on, it's a no-brainer. You know, why can't we make moves like that? Ross Barkley, $25 million, uh, you know, he has so much talent, finally starting the show. It seemed that, that we were in pole position to sign him. He rejected Chelsea, and then the next January, when all signs seemed to point to Spurs, he signs with Chelsea, and, and for whatever reason, we're not in the running. You know, players like, you know, it's no wonder, or it's no wonder, I forget his name, the director of recruitment walked away. At, you know, how much could we use Batshuayi now? I mean, you know, the, the guy would come off the bench and score goals for Chelsea. He was a revelation at Dortmund. I mean, you know, these are players that, you know, it, it, was, it was deemed outrageous that he was 25 million pounds. And it, it's... I think the biggest issue. I think the biggest issue with sort of bringing in those players is that um, we we're not offering the sort of wages that other clubs are. You know, Barkley would have been offered so much more at Chelsea than than we would have offered, and mm. and ultimately, you know, he's probably going to do better at Chelsea. He's going to win more trophies at Chelsea. But so. the th- the thing is, and and this is where I agree with you, Will. Um, with Ross Barkley, he was the one who pulled out the deal. 
initially. He was the one who, who, yeah. who in the Chelsea medical turned around and was like, actually, I'm not sure about this. He could, you know, if Spurs had gone in there late doors and gone, you know what, go, let, let, let's do something, then it would have been different. Now, Chelsea had a fee agreed of £35 million in the summer. They've gone back and grabbed him for £15 million. And it seems like an absolute steal right now. I completely agree with you on that. And I agree with you on Shakiri as well. His release clause is always £12.5 million. Pounds. You know, why, why people weren't going for him, I don't know. Um, what needs to change for you, pal? Well, well, uh, you know, who knows? But, I, but I, you know, I was listening to um, uh, a, uh, a radio pundit uh, who's familiar with, uh, with Real Madrid and with... Uh, kind of the goings-on, and he was talking about there's a real rift in the Real Madrid locker room and Real Madrid, um, a, a real rift. Uh, apparently, um, Perez, uh, the president, and Sergio Ramos just hate each other now, and that's primarily because Sergio Ramos has too much control over the locker room. Boy, I know this is fantasy, but what if a player like that was available what a difference he would make on Spurs. We wouldn't go for right? him. A guy who... Uh, pardon me? We wouldn't go for him, and Pochettino wouldn't want him. So, you know, that's where we are. As much as we as fans might might cry out for it, neither would happen. And you know, Sergio Ramos will go to a, to another elite club, even if he does leave Madrid. It will be a, you know, it will be a... Bayern Munich. A, a Bayern Juventus. Munich. It will be a, you know, even a Chelsea or someone that will come along because they'll pay him upwards of 200 grand a week. And, and Chelsea, we know, don't mind disruptive players in the dressing room. But there's no way Pochettino would ever want a player like that in the dressing room. I'll tell you room. what, if you if you listen back to our podcast uh, last week, we actually talked about disruptive influences in, in changing rooms mm. and, you know, that sort of mentality and, 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 and why Poch won't bring them in and we talked about uh, Danny Osvaldo at Southampton I think Sergio Ramos at Spurs I can't stand him I'd hate to see him in the Premier I'd League love him, and man. to be honest I think he'll win over Florentino Perez because I think Florentino Perez is in a bit of trouble at, uh, at Real Madrid Will thank you so much for your call this evening we'd love to hear from uh, from anyone else out there uh, on the Spurs uh, on the Spurs Twitter scape on the Spurs whatever you want to call it really Spurs fans out there this is your platform 020872 2558 come on and have your say tonight what needs to change how do spurs get firmly and concrete themselves into the elite 0208 70 2558 love sports Madrid is one of the best jobs and biggest jobs in the world, arguably. So of course it, I mean, he'd be interested, but I don't think, I don't think it's for him. I think he, he's, he's going to New Stadium with us. He, he's in on the projects and I think, oh, it's just, uh, it's just scaremongering really. It happens three or four times a year, doesn't it? I mean, he, he's been leaving us uh, a dozen of times in the last couple of years. Yeah, Paul Miller there talking about Maurizio Pochettino on uh, Love Sport this uh, this morning. Harry C at Has Spurs tweeted in saying, whoever that caller is on Last Word on Spurs, I want to buy you a drink. Speaking so much sense. There you go, Will, who uh, who, who crept out of work, I think. He, was, he, he said he did he, he crept out of work crept to give us work. a bell. That's the commitment to this show. That's it, exactly, uh, exactly that. Uh, Cameron, who's Sweden, said, enjoying this edition, I have a theory that if people say Spurs can't afford to improve the squad, accept this is the level 
and you won't be so depressed Spot if you on. don't pay the money or the transfer fees what do you expect when rivals around you do this is it great tweet Cameron thank you so much for it let's talk to Cooper he is a Spurs fan over in the States as well evening Cooper hey guys how you doing Hello, Cooper. Yeah, very well, thanks, pal. You've been on before, Cooper? Uh, yeah, too many Thought times. So. <laughs> never, it's never too many times. Never too many times, mate. Calling. Never too many times. No, I, lo- I love supporting you guys. Uh, it's always a joy. Um, sorry, I wasn't able to listen to getting part of the, uh, the show. I was in meetings all day, and I was able to sneak away for a few minutes. I just uh, I wanted to ask, um, Lucas Mora, I thought he's been very hot and very cold throughout the season. I wanted to know, do you guys think he's hindering Kane's ability right now? Because I feel like Kane used to be so involved in the attack. He touched the ball a lot more when we had it in possession. But now I just feel, I think he had one touch in the box uh, against City. And I mean, I know it's City, but I just want to know, is Kane being hindered by Mora at all? Um, well, look, I think it's a good point about Mora. Yeah, um, obviously he had that fantastic game against United where he scored twice. Um, but... He's, yeah, he's never really kicked on you. I kind of thought that he'd be, I mean, maybe a slight exaggeration. Someone like, a, you know, come and have the impact of someone like Salah. Obviously, no, I wasn't expecting quite as much. But, um, no, he's been all right. And he has he has blown hot and cold. But, um, yeah, I, I think he has slightly hindered Kane. I think, um, I think we were saying before the show, you know, Kane seems to really drop deep when... Um, yep. When he's playing with Lucas, and um, you know, and Kane, he, he just—he he wasn't effective last night. You didn't really see him inside the area. Um, so yeah, I think you make a good point. I think he does somewhat limit Harry Kane's game. There's been no natural link-up between Moore and any player, particularly yeah. no no real natural flow to it. So most of what Lucas Moore has done, he's had to more or less do on his own type of thing. So yeah, maybe that—that's a problem. He certainly had a, an incredibly quiet. I thought he was lucky to stay on the pitch as long yeah. as he did last night. But then in PSV, he looked as threatening as anyone. So I think you know a bit like like a lot of the players, the performances are, are, are incredibly up or down. But yeah, it may be affecting Kane in some way. But Harry just. Harry just doesn't seem, you know, he's not holding the ball up quite as well as he used right. to, and um, he, he seems to have lost a little bit of the. I mean, he was he was never quick, but there was a, a period last year where he he seemed to have got that an extra half a yard of pace, and maybe because of the injuries or whatever, that's not been there, and maybe just his confidence isn't that high. So we, we know that that the goals won't be too far away for Harry, and performances will be better. But yeah, it's possibly affected Harry a little bit, that's for sure. Cooper, let me ask you about Harry Winks. We haven't had a chance to discuss him on this show, so I'll throw him into the mix now. For me, you know, if he was fully fit, then I can't understand. I mean, I know we've got a, a hectic schedule, four games in, what, eight days. I would have started Winksy last night. I thought in the second half for me, he was at the centre of everything, trying to make things happen. Importantly for me, we talk about players looking to make a forward pass. Winksy was continuously looking to make that forward pass, you know, that ball in between the lines. What did you make of Winksy's performance last night against City? I thought I thought Winks was fantastic when he came on. I think, what, 25 minutes, 20 minutes mm. that he was on. And, no, I thought he was fantastic. He seemed like the only midfielder that wanted to turn and run with it and actually go at the, the city midfield because I think Dembele, I, I just think he's too leggy. He was way too knackered in that second half and he just didn't have it in him to run uh, at Fernandinho and De Bruyne when he was on. But I thought Winks honestly changed the game. I don't want to sound too cliche, but I honestly think 
after watching him um, against City last night, he deserves to start against West Ham if he is fully fit. I just don't want to risk him too much, you know? Well, even uh, even Guardiola acknowledged that he came on and changed the game, so I think you're spot on there. Um, with Dembele, he certainly, you know, Winks has to start over Dembele now. Um, and, well, you know, he hasn't started the last two games, so I guess he has to start against West Ham, yeah, because he's been playing so well as well. I think the, the problem is that, I mean, he said himself, he's, he's another one like Lamella, like Dembele, like Kane to a degree, that we're having to manage their fitness. Mm. Mm. And so, you know, we don't see all the, the medical data and the, the stats that they get from training. And who's to say that, you know, that they've looked at that and thought, we can't push him because, you know, there's a bit of swelling around his ankle or a bit of soreness. He said all along, hasn't he, that since he's come back, he'll play with, with pain in his ankle probably for the rest of his career, which is exactly what Moussa Dembele's been having to manage. So, you know, it, it may just be something like that, that we don't know those details, of course. Yeah, that's fair. Brilliant stuff, Cooper. Thank you so much for your call this evening. Cooper there with us on Love Sport Radio. Um, I wanted to ask you about uh, your thoughts on Ross Barkley. Yeah, I think Ross Barkley was one that I think we all assumed that, that we were pretty much going to get Ross Barkley last summer. And I, I just wonder if, if the whole switch about Ross Barkley, in fairness, was... Was he, he? I think he started, what, two games for Chelsea last year? That's right, yeah. Yep, yep. And whether Tottenham thought... You know, I don't mind spending the money on Ross Barkley, but we need a player that we can play this season. Yeah. Mm. And he didn't play all season. So Tottenham thought, what is the point of paying the £25 million for a player or the £30 million for a player that they want if we can't use him for a year? And maybe just in Tottenham's financial position, that was why they suddenly thought, look, you know, let's turn our attention somewhere else. But Ross Barkley's the type of player, the one that you see at Chelsea now, is the type of player that, that, yeah. that could come in and be a massive difference for Tottenham, we for sure. He could have could have uh, played instead of Sissoko yesterday, and obviously the way Barkley is playing, I think he would have been perfect for Spurs. He would have been. I think the only argument, like Jason, I think you're spot on because with Chelsea they can afford to spend the money and wait on the potential. Whereas Tottenham, we kind of need someone ready now to come in, especially with like you said, Jamie about Dembele. And you asked the question there, you know, how is this guy still in the side when he wanted to move away? And we know why he's still in the side because we couldn't ship him out. Like a lot of these players, Jason, it's always been for Spurs. And we've seen Pochettino's comments we're going to bring to the second half of the show about, you know, him saying he's been the unhappiest he's ever been at the club in the last five years, which is a worry. But we know, you know, the summer, the constraints around the club, the stadium, there's so much going on yeah. isn't there at the moment. It's a difficult time. I think the problem with Ross Barkley is probably another one that you have to manage his fitness. And, and unfortunately, in that area of the pitch, we're managing Wanyama, we're managing Dembele, we're managing Winks. Mm. And you can't, I, I know injuries can happen to anyone, and of, of course they can, but you kind of feel that we need somebody that we can we can pick every single week to play every Saturday and every big game that will be fit like like Christian Eriksen has been apart from the last four weeks like Deli Alley invariably is somebody that you can pin on whereas we still don't know who can play in midfield tomorrow we don't know who's going to be fit for, for the weekend so that's, that's part of the problem and it's all in that one area of the pitch we're trying to do things uh, a bit more gently this evening so let's have another one of your listener questions before we, uh, we pop for a break OK just a very quick one then this is from Shrias Rayo at Spurs underscore Shrias, a regular listener. Shrias, I hope you are well. He says, how much longer can we keep saying it's a positive that we're close to top four despite playing poorly? Does the team have it in them to reach levels of passings or is this their limit? Good question. Jace, what do you think? 
Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely a positive that you can stay within the top four if you're not playing well. That's that's you know, to me, it's a it's a big positive that you're still in there. Um, can it reach the levels of the past few seasons where we've achieved top four? I think we can achieve top four again. And we can achieve a semi-final loss again, and we can achieve defeat to West Ham in the Carabao Cup again. And, and so the argument the Champions is, League will go so the argument is that question you do for which reached its limit, this team. But I don't think we're going to go further than we have done in the last few seasons. That's for sure. But you know, like I said last week, my I hoped that Tottenham could go to the next level, and I think last week the PSV result felt so bad for me because it was the the penny dropped. This side aren't going to go further unless there's major changes to it, and we perhaps know what those changes need to be, and, and those changes probably aren't going to happen. So, I think I would accept a top four this season and, and think, look, just just try and enjoy every game as it comes, and and not 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 think too much beyond it. That's that's the problem for us at the moment. But, you know, let, let's be fair. If it is top four, we spent God knows how many years watching it and, and wanting it to be us that was... We want more than that, Jason. Yeah, of course, of course we, we want know. more now. We want to see Travis. Absolutely. Yeah. But our problem is that, that Pochettino's five-year project reached, you know, almost its year five level in, in the second year. So, and the club just hasn't been able to go as fast as the Pochettino project. And until the club can catch up with it, I can't see how it moves. The, the worry is that the club will catch up with it because the team goes backwards rather than the club's forward mm. momentum catching it. But we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, uh, good, uh, good good little response uh, to that question. Thank you to Schraus for the question yes, as well. Uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's a big listener, we do know. Uh, Nottingham Forest are at Burton Albion this evening in the Carabao Cup. We'll keep you up to date with the other tar of the evening. And, and, and funny squad numbers is always a, 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 an odd topic. They've got a number 15 in goal, a number 11 at left back, and a number 2 up top. Nottingham Forest tonight. Well, we had Clint Dempsey up top, didn't we, as a number 2? Yep. Yep. Asamo Gian used to wear number 3. We had Ozzy Ardilas in a World Cup wearing number 1. I mean, number 15 for a goalkeeper. Do you know what Sheffield Wednesday had a number 2 for a goalkeeper the other year? Joe Wildsmith. <laughs> very, very weird very weird i'd love to know if, if you if you fancy tweeting in with some odd squad numbers we, we we'd love to hear from you quarter to eight this is love sport radio love sport This is your Spurs fan chat on Love Sport Radio uh, with Last Word on Spurs. Does anyone want a positive, feel-good tweet? Maybe something that'll get you laughing a bit? Go on then. Stuart Clements has tweeted in. All right, Stuart. So that Last Word on Spurs on a brighter note, I'm playing in the new stadium on FIFA. Amazing place this is. <laughs> Come on, you Spurs. Nice one, Stuart. I bet he's winning as well. Yeah, exactly. Oh, do you know what, Stuart? Tweet back in. Let us know who you've signed for your team on FIFA. <laughs> Let us know the additions you've made to your team on FIFA Let's go to if I yeah if you can send a picture our producer decides if you can send a picture of the new stadium you know some action shots maybe get the get adventurous with you know the right hand toggle on 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 the controller you know get get involved with it we love to see it uh, let's go to Andrew he's in Edinburgh evening Andrew evening how are we doing evening yeah, Andrew, Andrew. Well, thanks pal hi hi chaps thanks for having me on the show pleasure good to be you good to have you here how you been. Yeah. Yeah, good, thanks, good. Yeah, I just really just wanted to add to the debate, if possible, um, just with my take on well, my summary of the game last night. I, I, I just felt it was quite a frustrating uh, evening from Tottenham's perspective. I just felt that we were set up wrong from the get-go. I felt that if 
City had been more clinical, then the game would have been dead and buried fairly early on. I think we huffed and we puffed. There was lots of blood, guts and thunder, but there wasn't enough invention. It was just, I just felt it was a really one-dimensional performance on, on a terrible pitch, really, all, all in truthfulness. I just felt the midfield was wrong. I felt that um, Harry Wink should have started from the get-go. I think there's a, a mountain of evidence to suggest that he is ready to, to stake a claim on a regular basis for Spurs now. I just feel that, you know, we've stood still, really. And uh, I think it's incredibly frustrating when we've got so close to the summit to now be sliding back and, and other clubs are, are outspending us. And, uh, and it's, it's, it's incredibly frustrating. Whilst I agree with you, and I, you know, I think you may have heard my comments at the beginning of the show that I think Winks, if he was fully fit, should have started. As we know, it's kind of four games in eight days. Who else would you have looked to have changed from that lineup apart from that? I mean, I was gutted to see Sonny on the bench, you know. I mean, Ali and Ericsson, I think if these guys are all fit, I think they're playing. I think they're most certainly playing against City, so we have to maybe bear in mind that Pochettino is trying to manage their minutes. With that being said, yeah. would that change your mind at all on that, or what do you think? Yeah, I just felt we were leaden-footed. I thought we were pedestrian. I just thought that we were leaving huge gaps that City were exploiting at will. Um, from my perspective, I feel that uh, since the Euros, Eric Dyer has gone backwards. I just don't feel he's progressing at a satisfactory rate. You know, this is somebody who's captain England. I just don't feel when he plays for Spurs, he's positive enough when he's in possession of the ball. I just feel that he, he tends to go for the easy option too often. Whereas Harry Winks always makes himself available for the past. Even if he's under intense pressure, he'll always make himself available. He always looks eager. He always looks bright. He always looks alert. Um, you know, if we do end up in the Europa League, the only saving grace would be that we'll potentially provide an opportunity for the next Harry Winks to get some game time, you know, catch the manager's eye and potentially get into the first team. Because I do feel that Spurs have become stale over the last mm six months. I believe we've become far too predictable. We're overly reliant on a handful of players and when they do become injured or they get out of form, uh, we're in dire straits, which you know we shouldn't be because we've built something special at Spurs over the past sort of four or five years and now it just feels that all that positive work is unravelling before our eyes on a, on a weekly basis. Mm, um, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, in the big game, all the big games I've been to at Wembley, um, for me, the biggest factor would be that we just looked devoid of um, confidence. I just feel as though um, that's kind of where the mistakes have come from. We just don't seem as though we feel like we can compete. And um, I think, well, we're always going to go back to it's back as the transfers. I feel as though, you know, not bringing anyone new in hasn't, you know, it's failed to lift the mood at the club. Um, and it's failed to breed confidence. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think that that's obviously been, you know, in the biggest games is where we really just seem to be lacking a lot of confidence at the moment, and that's our biggest issue. I do agree with you on Eric Dyer as well. And I've got to say, I think you're spot on about Eric Dyer. It's the guy we're watching at the moment. Is is not the same Spurs player that we've been used to, but I think. What do you think on Dyer generally? Do you just think we've kind of reached our level with him? I mean, that's my only biggest concern. I think when you look at certain players that we can upgrade on, I think now he's one of them that you would say if we do want to look to the next level to compete for the title and to you know regularly change for trophies, I think that's a player there. He's not going to be of the high enough level to take us to where we want to be. Well, from my perspective, I think Eric Dyer needs to work out who Eric Dyer is. Mm. Is he a centre-half or is he a central midfield player? I think 
you know, he's masquerading as a central midfield player, mm. but I don't think, even though he was brought up in, in the Portuguese system, I don't think technically he's good enough to be able to play in that position. Is he strong enough in the air to play at centre-half? Well, there's question marks over that as well. But when you see some of the things that he does for the national team, you wonder why he can't convert that level of form for Spurs. And it, it's really frustrating. He was he was outstanding uh, this season when we got narrowly pipped for the title by Leicester. But since then, I just feel that his progress has stalled and, and I don't really know what the answer is. Perhaps it is a case of him changing into a back three and playing on the right-hand side alongside some steadier players like uh, Toby or, or Ian Fatonga. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure, but that's, that's not my job, is it? That's the manager's job. But it just feels as if you know, he's, not, he's not moving forward. There's two there's two parts to it for me. I think where you say that we don't see the the, the the things that Eric Dyer was was good at a couple of years ago. I think the problem is, and it and it affects to me, it affects all players, and I've noticed it with with Kieran Trippier. When you first see a player come into a position or into the club, you see all the new things that they bring to your side, and and it happens every time. And and you suddenly think we've never had that in midfield. Now there's this physical presence in there. We've not had this. We've not had that. And you you look at all those things, and you see all the good in a player. And then you get to that that stage after about a hundred games, where you, you start to take all the good things for granted. And then you suddenly notice, well, hold on, he doesn't do this and he doesn't do that. And and it's the same with with trips when he first got into the sides. All all people were focused on was his delivery and his crossing. And he's it's, it's great that we've you know we've got rid of Walker and right we've lost his pace but we finally found someone that can cross the ball into the box and suddenly a second season on after Carl Walker's left suddenly we're starting to think well hold on can Trips defend this way he can still do all that delivery but we're now taking that for granted and I think that's that's one of the things with Eric Dyer the second thing I would say about Eric Dyer is he's he's the one player that's, that's he's actually played more football for Tottenham over the four years than any other player and I think with Wanyama being out Eric Dyer hardly gets a rest I think he, he badly needs a rest from the team or or just a few weeks being left out and yet the one time he was left out at Watford everyone said we really missed Eric Dyer so I think he's, he's definitely not not in as good a form as he used to be but I, I still actually have faith in Eric Dyer can be the player. I just think if if he had a really fit Wanyama, you'd have had the option to leave him out of the team or to give him a break for a, a couple of weeks, let him get over the World Cup drama. But his confidence is down, and when a player's confidence is down, it does affect their performances. Andrew, you're a gentleman. Thank you very much for getting in touch with us this evening. And stay warm up in uh, up in Scotland because <laughs> it's cold down here, and it's been very very cold up there, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It is indeed. Uh, let's read one more tweet. Uh, I believe it's a tweet that has been passed on to you at Shorey. Uh, has tweeted uh, uh, off of one of your tweets, Jason. Said left back Andy Robertson is the one I wanted. Ex Hull prior to Liverpool. Our strategy kills us by young with potential. Can't move them on as value drops. Uh, he talks about NKD, which I presume is in Kudu. Uh, Janssen, we want profit, but we need to take a loss. Well, the, the thing is, you know, if if Spurs had gone and signed Andy Robertson, 
if the day we'd have signed him, everyone would have said, why are we signing a bloke from Hull? He's not good enough. I can remember when we were linked with Harry Maguire. Why do we want Harry Maguire? Why why do you want Jack Grealish? Mm. Nathan Ake comes up. Why do we want to go and sign somebody like Nathan Ake? So we kind of want a player that's that's proven and is a top player now. But but I think we do. We do. We we just don't have the the finances to go and do that. So you do have to buy potential and you do have to take some risks. And I think as Spurs fans, we're going to have to accept it. I mean, God, I hope it's not Bradley Bradley Dak or whatever, but um, you know, or Ollie Watkins or something like that. But I mean, David Brooks has come in and made a a big impression at Bournemouth, hasn't he, this year? So there are some out there, and we may just have to accept that that's what we've got to do. Uh, We're going to have to take a short pause because we've got the news on the way. I know Ricky wants to say something. If you could do it in 10 seconds. We'll do it. One of the biggest risks we've taken is Deli Ali, who signed a brand new contract with Spurs today, and that will also be discussed on this show. And that's how you say it in five seconds. This is Love Sport Radio with your news next. They dare to do, and the Lily Whites are going to score on you. They're no angels, but this season Harry and the boys are going for gold. From White Hart Lane to Wembley, Spurs will always be North London's finest. It's the Tottenham Hotspurs Fans Show on Love Sport. You know, this Tuesday evenings between sort of like eight oh two and nine oh two are our producer Paddy's favourite time of the week. Loses it because he has he has your second tune because you have two tunes. Mm. You obviously have Glory Glory and you have this one as well. And then he gets to hear the pig bag, the QPR song, and he absolutely loves it. He, he pretends he's doing the bongos and everything. He absolutely loves it. I mean, he's a very musically minded chap. Is our producer. Well, anyone listening to the shows over the last, well, three, four months, they'll know he's got a very uh, a r- range of different kind of music from Clubhouse to Funky House. Clubhouse? Clubhouse to Funky House? <laughs> yeah. Funky House? A bit of Funky House. He has everything. He has it. Win the cup, win the cup, win the cup. I wish what, I would. <laughs> what if Spurs don't win the cup and what if Spurs get knocked out on Wednesday? He might be cheering us up or bringing us down. Spurs are going to win the cup win the cup win the cup Wembley we- well you don't want to hear Wembley, Wembley no don't Wembley, hear that anymore do sick of hearing about Wembley yep this is last word on Spurs on Love Sport Radio good evening thank you for joining us tonight we do appreciate it as ever you can get in touch with us it's at Love Sport Radio on Twitter at last word on Spurs on Twitter you can tweet either of us or you can tweet both of us if you want to be you know sort of double nice and make sure your message is read out because don't worry we will read them out 0208 70 20 558 is the number to call we've had some brilliant calls in already be like them be brave come on the radio and have your say not just on the radio as well because this is of course is uh, a podcast available on iTunes and on uh, Acast as well. It is, yep, yep. And, and if you're listening now, you're building up to the West Ham game. It's yeah. only out for you. And it's on LoveSportRadio.com straight after the show. Literally, from 9.01. It's on LoveSportRadio.com on demand. Hit the Spurs fan show and there you have it. So, if it's Tuesday morning, then good, good morning. Or Wednesday morning.
Wednesday morning. Good morning. It can't be Tuesday morning. It could be Tuesday next week. You could be listening back to these because that's sometimes what I do. I listen back to things. I've after with one. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Please God. Where do we start? Well, you talk about being brave, and that's that's a very unique kind of thing you say, Aaron. Because we had Lee McQueen, who's been regularly on our show about being brave, and Pochettino's version of being brave that Lee thought was, you know, not spending any money in the summer, and you know, going with the same squad again. Have we had his comments come out? earlier in the week to suggest that this is his worst feeling he's ever felt as a Spurs manager despite what was originally guiding us to our best ever Premier League start I mean he's been at the club now for five years and I suppose I'll ask Jamie this Jamie what do you make of his comments because let's read out some of what he's actually said so he said many things have happened that may not make myself in the best mood this season so far it's strange because my feeling is the worst I've had in the five years that I've been here but it's the best start ever for the club in the Premier League it's strange no do you think there is that an indication to the ball, Jamie, just to kind of outline to them that, you know, don't take me for too much of mm. a fool. You know, he's towed the party line, hasn't he, for such a long time. Mm. And for me, that's a kind of thinly veiled dig to say, look, I might be saying all the right things, but behind the scenes, I'm not happy with how the summer yeah. went. I'm not happy with the stadium. Everything at the moment does seem a bit up in the air, doesn't it, for Spurs? Well, I mean, the comments are slightly worrying because he never really speaks out of turn, does he? So, I mean, in that respect, it's slightly worrying. But um, for me, I'm personally, I'm not too worried about it at the moment because I think the only place he will go is Real Madrid. And for him to go to Real Madrid, it has to be the absolute optimum time because we've seen Julian Loptegetti had the chance to win the World Cup with Spain over the summer. He obviously... You know, turn that down, that chance down to go to Real Madrid, um, and you know he's out of the job a few week, a few weeks later. So you've got to be absolutely sure that Real Madrid's the right place. I don't think it's the time for Pochettino to come in now. But also, the big thing about Pochettino at Real Madrid is that he's a very what makes Pochettino a great manager is that he's a very good coach and he won't have that sort of time at Madrid. With Poch, surely we're sitting there going, it's either going to make him or break him if he does go to Real Madrid. You know, he could he could absolutely flop there because, you know, I don't know who it was who came on. Was it Will who came on talking about Sergio Ramos or was it Cooper who talked on about Sergio Ramos? One of the two. Ego player. Uh, you know, they, they talked about Sergio Ramos. You know, you look at the big names he has to deal with that squad and he could have some big big issues because they cause trouble you know um they like forcing managers out they force players out they they don't care it's real madrid you know that they've got this sort of divine right well they believe they've got this sort of divine right to do what they want so that's what they're going to do they're going to do what they want to make sure they, they they get to where they do and 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 poch will have no say in it you're spot on, Aaron. I'll bring up Jason, only because we saw in his first season, Jason, the way he got rid of Kabul, if you remember, got rid of Aaron Lennon, Townsend went, um, any players that seemed to cross him, Adebayor went, anyone that, again, challenged him at all, wanted to be confrontational, he said, nope, you're out. So, we've known, Jason, just by that he, that situation alone, and the Danny Osvaldo thing, that he's very, very, I think, hesitant in bringing in an ego to the club that could upset the dressing room. Well, I think part of that as well is he has this, not so much a unique way, but he has his identified way of playing, and you have to buy into that, into that system. And if you don't buy into it, then then he's not interested in you. So, you know, it may just not be the ego. It's that he doesn't want he doesn't want a Sergio Ramos to turn around and say, "Well, hold on, we don't want to play that way because we we haven't got this or we haven't got that." It's you play my way or you don't play at all. So that's that's part of it. But, that, I mean, the only thing with, with Potsdam, Real Madrid and such, 
there's never a bad time to manage Real Madrid because if you get sacked, your reputation doesn't go down because they've <laughs> sacked so many. It's, it's a bit like you get. We all know that that Sarri will be sacked from Chelsea probably after two years, and the new one comes in. So I think there's a couple of clubs in the world where you, you don't actually get any damage to your name if you get sacked by them. Let me ask you, Jace, Pochettino's comments that he uh, goes on to say, he says, the club is not focused completely in winning titles or winning games because they need to fix other problems and have different circumstances to the rest of the Premier League's bigger clubs. I mean, he's indicating there, of course, about the stadium, I think, transfers. What do you buy into those comments? Well, his comments kind of mirror how I felt after the PSV game when I said I, I felt like a broken person last week because the the dreams and the belief that I had we could achieve things kind of disappeared last week and I thought this this might be as good as it gets and I think that that's what he's kind of alluding to I understand why he has the worst feeling and yet it has been the best start because we haven't played well nope. despite winning games we haven't I suppose Man United is the one game we've won that we weren't expected to but everyone else we've beat we kind of expected to be and the two games that we think we should be ready for City at home Liverpool home we've lost them both so and we we haven't done well in the Champions League this year so I, I can understand it and I think it is just that that case that the club are not there's they both got into the project at the same time and the football the football team on the pitch has gone much faster than it's gone off the pitch and mm. you know that that's I don't know how you you fix that problem because you can't just pluck money off the tree to to go and plunge this is where it becomes very awkward because um Pochettino, we are so, you know, I hate to think where this project would be without Pochettino. Oh, well, it wouldn't be a project, I think. Um, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you know, um, that's the problem. You know, you don't know where it would, you don't know where it would go without where where we would be without him. Um, so yeah, I mean, obviously, it's just an awkward stage for the club at the moment. Wondering, Jay, when he says also today we spend a lot of energy in many things. One is to win games, but the club needs to be all focused in trying to win titles. Everything is not perfect, but we're in a circumstance and a project that is completely different to any club at the moment um well yeah obviously you know it's the, that's the truth you know we're trying to build a new stadium we're kind of transitioning into this new stadium um other clubs they're fully focused on winning titles man city their full focus is on winning the title and we've obviously got bigger issues you know we haven't been able to go and improve the team um and that, that's just we just have to accept that at the moment it's, it's frustrating the only part I would, you, you said is it sending a message to the board. I think he's probably had that conversation with with Daniel Levy. But the first one publicly, though, Jason. Do you yeah, not agree? Yeah, it's the first, the first time he's gone public. But I, I don't think he'd have gone public before he'd have spoken to Daniel Levy. I'm sure he's been having that type of conversation for the past three months, and he's. And I'm sure Daniel Levy probably had an idea he was going to come out publicly with it. I don't think Poch goes rogue as such. Yeah, maybe he. Uh, well, maybe he doesn't. Thanks to uh, Stuart, who's who's tweeted back in with uh, a photo of the new Spurs ground. Uh, it's at Last Word on Spurs on uh, Twitter. O two o eight seventy twenty five five. I've got plenty more of your questions to come. I've uh, got Steve Jones as well, giving us an opposition view ahead of tomorrow's big fixture at the London Stadium. Five five eight a.m. Love sport. Love yeah, Top Man Paddy on them ones and twos. I asked him. Is this your favourite song? He said, mate, every song is my favourite oh, song. What a guy. What a guy. If you've got any requests, 
by the way, if you tweet them in through the week, and you can compilate them like on a sort of a Friday or a Saturday, we could try and get them on. Maybe even on a Sunday, we will get them done on the Monday. And, you know, we could chuck some tunes out. Anyone get got an album out of it? You can get, get an album out of it. The last word on Spurs album, yeah, it'd be quite quite nice uh, with DJ Paddy on them decks, of course. O two o eight seventy twenty five five is our number to call. We're reacting to the news that Deli Ali now has signed a new contract with Tottenham Hotspur. It's a six-year deal. He's doubled his wage to approximately one hundred and fifty thousand pounds a week. Uh, good, uh, good value in your opinion? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean for for, da- for Delhi, I think as we're all going to say, I'm sure key player to this Tottenham side. For me, Ali, I don't think he gets anywhere near the recognition for the work he does off the ball as well as when he's on it. And a key player to this Spurs side. And I think this should maybe a layoff is slightly about Pochettino's future. I can't imagine Deli Ali would be committing his future to Tottenham mm. if Pochettino's going anywhere. I mean, he speaks about him a lot, being a father figure. And like I say, you know, just behind Kane, it's another statement of intent from Tottenham to sign a big player down. However, I do have to think about this, the time of the announcement, Jamie. I'm going to bring it over to you because we had a yeah. chat off air that it does seem to be slightly... What's the right word? It just seems slightly in sync that we're going to lose a game and then the day after we get the Delhi announcement. I think this has been tied up for a while. What do you reckon, Jamie? I, do you know, I, I just laughed when I saw the announcement because it just did seem just like it was, though it was perfectly timed. Um, but you say also, um, you know, we talk about the players' futures being linked uh, with Pochettino and whether he'll set the club. But I also think with a player like Deli Ali, keeping a player like him is so important because I think that Pochettino's future at the club is also linked. Spot on. Because yep. if we were to lose someone like Deli Ali, who I think he sees as one of his key players in the side, the likes of Kane, even Dyer, I'd say he's one of the players that he really seems to like. Um, but yeah, I think it's just really important that we kept a player like Ali, of course. Let's talk to Luke. He is uh, on the line from Kent. Evening, Luke. Hello. Evening, Luke. Hi, Luke. Yeah, I'm good, I'm good. Um, yes, yeah, so I've been listening to your show now for a while. And um, to be honest with you, I, I understand what you're saying, Viv. We need to find players in that lot. But if Levery's not going to give his opportunity back in, how are we actually going to progress? That's for one to know. If Portugal's not getting back in... We're not going to get anywhere. We're just going to keep finishing in the in top fit on like top four, maybe a bit lo- even lower. Well, I, I think that's you know we'd, we'd all say the, the same thing. He, we know he needs he needs that little bit of backing, but it's it's can the club afford to back him into the to the levels that some of the other clubs can? We we all know we wanted players in the summer. I think Pochettino has more yeah. or less hinted we needed players in the summer. But then you see the, the the cost of a stadium goes up by two hundred and thirty seven million, and you know I, I I don't know what impact that has had on our budget for the for the season. I'm sure it, it must do. Let's be honest, it must have it must have made some difference. So it's I mean the the, the conversation between Carragher and Neville last night was fantastic, mm. and and I could it understand really where where both of them were coming from. I could fully understand yeah. what Jamie Carragher was saying. I could fully understand what what Gary Neville was saying, and yeah. you know, we, we, none of us can sit down with the with our official club accounts in front of us and and really yeah. understand what's happened in the summer. So it's but we we know to to progress forward as a club, yes, there has to be investment in the team, but it's it has to be affordable investment under under Daniel Levy's stewardship that's for sure mm. oh, just it the point on, just the point on January sorry I think um, 
a bit of a warning. I think that um, fans are going to have to lower their expectations for January because, you know, we may want to sign players in January. We may even know who we want to go and sign, but ultimately it's very unlikely that players are going to be available in that, in that time of year. So... Personally, I'm expecting nothing, and I think that you know we're, we're talking about signings. I think it's just got to be warned that we've got to lower our expectations for January. I've just topped myself. Yeah, like what, <laughs> so what happens if we do go and find like three or four different players? Like, is that going to like improve the squad? Is that gonna like? I know it's going to improve the depth, but is it going to be enough to push us to the Premier League title? Or even win the Champions League. I think it depends who we're going to sign, Luke. Let's be honest about it. If we're going to sign players like and Dembele, which I know Jason's probably looking at me thinking you're, like, you're crazy, you don't think maybe get him or Martial. Yeah, um, I mean, but we're stocked in that area. That's an area we're stocked in. We need to target the key areas, the full-backs. And Dembele, well, I think, would help, though, Jeff. Yeah, we brought him in 100%. as a direct long-term replacement for Musa Dembele. You look at Dembele, it's all there. But I think, like Jason said, the question is, can Spurs pay the wages? Can we pay the transfer fee? There's a lot of elements now to Spurs making a transfer. I think what we need to bear in mind is that Daniel Levy and the way the board operate now is completely different to the way they operated you know, six, seven years ago when they originally came into the club. We're looking now for players that are going to take this Spurs squad on to the next level and they haven't had the experience in buying real top players that have got that winning mentality that can you know change a game and that's why I think Spurs you've seen over the summer we just haven't been able to bring in the better players that are going to push this squad on. I, I sincerely hope we don't buy Anthony Martial or, or somebody like that or uh, Wilfred Zaha's or people because as Jamie says for me our, our key areas if we're going to spend 60-70 million quid we need Victor Wanyama's got to be replaced. Moussa Dembele's got to be replaced. Two fullbacks have got to be replaced. That's the area where we've got to be spending money rather than, than adding a sixth player to play behind Harry Kane. You may need another forward, though, if Lorente's going to go as well. That might be something you might need to consider a sec- you know, a, an option there because well, Lorente's not going to go on for, well, I say, go on for every belly been around the squad. Yeah, very true. Uh, Luke, great call. Thank you very much for joining us this evening. Luke there calling from Kent. You can do so as well. It's 0208 70 20 558. That's the number to call this evening if you want to have your say on all things Spurs. We are still uh, well in the first half of uh, of our two Carabao Cup ties tonight. It's Bournemouth nil, Norwich nil, Burton Albion nil, Nottingham Forest nil. Love Sport, 558 AM. Yep, this is Love Sport Radio talking all things Spurs until nine o'clock tonight. Let's talk about that thing that's just taking a, uh, it's just taking too long now it's taking too long I was watching uh, a favourite blogger of he's a massive Spurs fan and on his blog he actually turned around and said you know what why don't they just write off to the end of the season and, and kind of get it done properly just get it done it's a massive project they've been overly ambitious maybe and uh, and and maybe they've just tried to take on too much and they're, they're continually disappointing fans right off to the end of the season get it done properly start it off properly have a proper big friendly to walk you know open it and get going from the start of the season jamie um, I'd slightly disagree with that because I think as fans we're just desperate to get away from Wembley now I left Wembley um, you know, I'm. I love the club. I love the club, and as much as I don't want, you know, it's really tough going to see us getting outplayed. 
you know, I, I'm considering, you know, do I want to go to another game at Wembley? Because it's just, it's, we just, it's, we're not clicking. Um, but we, you know, we say about the um, writing off the whole season. The Mail come out with a report today. Uh, Martin Samuels, who's quite a good journalist, um, who's saying exactly that that it might be. You know, it's not going to happen this season, so that's slightly concerning. Well, another concern, Jace, I'll ask you. Apparently, again, reports, I know we have so many things about that money, but they're being forced to borrow another £237 million as new stadium costs spiral out of control. That sounds insane, doesn't it? Well, I've seen so many different figures that the stadium has cost a cost of 400 then yeah. 650 <coughs> then 850 It's soon got to be a billion. I don't know how much the borrowing is. I'm not an accountant. I don't understand all the figures. Mm. <coughs> Pardon me. But all I would say on the, on the stadium, I think the Premier League should tell Tottenham you have to play all season at Wembley. It's bizarre how we haven't had any action taken against us. I know a lot of a lot of rival supporters are kind of saying, how how are they not how have the, have the Premier League not started taking points off us? But um, yeah, I mean. Well, I think as, as supporters, as I said, you know, we just want to get out of Wembley as soon as Are possible. Are you worried about potential points deduction or something? They can't do that, can they? I, 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 no. I don't know how Spurs, you know, I say the way we've agreed it with the with the Premier League and the FA. To be fair, we're still the ones here. I think suffering as well as supporters. Look at look at our crazy schedule. We're playing West Ham now, forty eight hours after mm. Man City. Where let's be honest about it, we are essentially, I think, sacrificing the competition in general. I mean, Jace, we were chatting about outside. We're talking about sitting and saying, okay. Put your squad together for West Ham, and you're adamant telling me not one player that played against Man City can play in that West Ham team come Wednesday night. Well, I think one or two will, but for me, I wouldn't pick a single player that started the game last night. No, so we're writing it off, aren't we then? Because um, tell me a squad that we can put out, because you know West Ham, I think they're going to go full strength. Pellegrini's going to view this opportunity there as a chance to win a trophy. West Ham want to get one over us, especially on the back of that result last weekend. Yeah, no, absolutely, I think he'll see it that way, but. I mean, if, if we had Vertonghen fit, I wouldn't mind one of the centre-halves playing tomorrow, but we're down to just Sanchez and Toby. So if yeah. there's a problem with those and one of them pulls a hamstring, what do you do for the next three months oh, without one of those yeah. two? Mm. So, and, and I know people say, well, Eric Dyer can fit in, but then Eric Dyer played last night, and if he gets injured, Wanyama's not fit enough to play Premier League games. So for me, I wouldn't start a single player, but Aurier didn't start last night. I want to see Carl Walker-Peters starting games. So for me, he definitely starts tomorrow. The shame is that he'll probably have to start a left-back, not a right-back. I might actually play him at right-back until Aurier to play left-back tomorrow. uh, Walker-Peters has actually played for England there, so he's... Yeah, but I want to see Carl Walker-Peters play as as a right-back, so I might switch Aurier. But but Foyth didn't play yesterday, Wanyama didn't play yesterday, Today. And of course, the three behind Kane, you can pick Son, you can pick Ali, you can pick Ericsson, if he deems them fit enough, even for tomorrow. But, you know, I, I, I don't want to see, I, I don't think he'll risk anyone getting injured 48 hours after a game. When you've got a tough game at Wolves, yeah. maybe if we had the game against Wolves on Sunday, it would help. But with it being Saturday, I, I don't see how you can do it. Great tweet from Afro Saxon who said, uh, you guys just said what I've been saying to my fellow Spurs fans. The football team progressed faster than the club. I believe this progress was supposed to con- coincide with the new stadium. Well, as I was saying, it, it was a very, it's a very awkward stage for the club because we've got our best manager and it does feel like we're wasting it. But as I said, at the same time, where would we be without this manager mm. that we've got? So it's, oh, incredible. It, it's such yeah. an awkward stage. We are so fortunate to have Pochettino taking us through this time. 
Um, but as again, you know, it feels like we are wasting this incredible group of players because we because of the circumstances we're under with the new stadium. And it's just it just feels like an awkward stage for the club at the moment. I just hope he doesn't give up on us. That's my biggest concern, Jason. That one day I'm gonna t- I'm gonna read on Twitter, I'm gonna turn on the TV yeah. and find out you know, it's just too much for him. He's given so much over these last four or five years to the same group. He's worked under a budget, you know, you can't you cannot praise the man enough for the way he's handled himself dignified. Jamie, you mentioned last night and on your Twitter, you know, the way he came out after that game and he said you know what he said and how he the, mm. the mannerisms of the man because if you said there it was a Klopp if it was a Mourinho you know go back you know Asari I don't think they'd be as humble as the way this man is in front of the camera he says all the right things he does the right things with the players you can see the harmony in that dressing room all we just ask is and we urge is you know for him to also really kind of push this board take the plunge all I ask is in January if there's the opportunity to go out there and strengthen the squad not with players that aren't going to make a difference but with players that you can bring in that are we going to push this squad on I would urge him to do it mm. I think as a, as a Man United fan and, and to the, the Spurs fan who, who is baffled that I'm a Manchester United fan yes I am um, <laughs> I think the only thing I've got in hope and, and you know you guys always know that I want Potter at my mob I know you do, yeah. the only thing I could uh, you know I'm thinking is is if Levy don't back him again in the summer he's going to be like well what am I doing here I'm just mm. stagnating yeah. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. My, my own career stagnant, and that's the only thing I can think of that will actually take him take him to United over over keeping him at Spurs. You know, he did make that comment, didn't he? I think before the weekend, where he said things have got more difficult since I signed my new contract, and you you kind of hope Levy didn't uh, hoodwink him into it because if he did then then there would be an element of distrust between the two that hold on you're saying one thing and I've signed a contract and then immediately you're giving me a totally different picture and we can't do this and we can't do that so I just hope the relationship between them whether he's signing the players he wants to or not but I hope that there's now not an element of distrust between them because once you have that distrust in the relationship that's that's when you reach breaking point. Yeah, definitely. Uh, let's go for a short pause. We're going to be speaking to Steve Jones. Uh, he's a former West Ham United and Bournemouth striker. He'll be giving us the opposition view at some point on Love Sport Radio. Don't forget, it's still nil-nil in our uh, Carabao Cup ties this evening. This is Love Sport. The opposition view on Love Sport. Time for the opposition view on Love Sport Radio with former West Ham United striker Steve Jones. Steve, how are you, pal? Good, Aaron, you? Yeah, all good, pal. Great to hear from you once again. West Ham United fans must be going into this one, licking their lips, thinking, you know what, we've got a really good chance here, uh, you know, not only to progress in this competition, but to get one over a local rival. Yeah, definitely. I think, I think West Ham have got a chance to win the game, and West Ham have got a chance to win the cup. If they attack it, you know what the League Cup's like now, folks. Uh, most teams put out a weakened side, so I'm sure Manuel Pellegrini will look to attack the Cup with, with what he's got, really. So it'd be interesting to see. Um, well, obviously, on that point, um, our West Ham, obviously, we've seen in the past with Carabao Cups, teams sometimes don't choose to strengthen their teams. Are West Ham going to go full strength on the weekend? Uh, sorry, tomorrow? Yeah, I would have thought so. I think I would have thought he'd go most uh, full strength, but the problem is he's got a hell of a lot of injuries going on, um, and he, he's probably going to. That's probably going to dictate his starting line up for the uh, Premiership game the following game. Just a question for you. 
big game for both Spurs and West Ham. I'm expecting West Ham to put out their full strength lineup. It was that what you'd expect from your end? I'm assuming this is a massive, massive game for yourselves. How big is this cut for your season? Yeah, no, I, I think you put out a full strength uh, side as much as you can, but I'm sure Manuel Pellegrini's intentions are to finish in the top half of the Premiership. That's probably what they've put on the table to him uh, after the hundred billion spent and after what's been done and what they're paying in, they would expect a top ten, top ten finish. So I would. I would expect I would expect him to put a great uh, the best side he's got out. He obviously he's really struggling with injuries, so there might be a few uh, a few changes there as well. What what kind of a side are you expecting Tottenham to have? Because obviously Tottenham have got their injuries and and playing forty eight hours after perhaps the the most hardest the hardest game you can have where you're going to be chasing the ball around against Manchester City. So what type of side do you expect Tottenham? What you know how how strength are Tottenham going to be? I mean, I would, I would, I would expect the same Pochettino, to be honest with you, because he's trophyless. And if you're trophyless, you are chasing the trophy. So mm. I would definitely thought we'd put a strong side out, you know. So I don't mean, I don't mean there's going to be much difference between the Spurs and the West Ham lineup. Really, there might be two, one or two different changes if if Pellegrini or if Pochettino's got a few um, leading up to the Premiership. If he's got a, a, a close injury worry then he will definitely lead that person out or rest him. But other than that, I think they'll go, both sides will go full strength. And how disappointed were you to lose, what, 10 days ago? And, and is that still fresh in the mind and, and that feeling of, come on, we, we, we had him on the rack throughout that second half. Let's, let's push that a little bit harder. Maybe Tottenham won't be as strong and, and that belief that you, you can pull that result off. To be honest with you, I don't think you need to push a West Ham side if if the manager and the people around the club, Mark Noble, definitely. Uh, he can't play, can he, Noble? Uh, no, no, but I'm no. sure yeah. he's around the dressing room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's going to install what Tottenham and West Ham games mean to like, West Ham fans, which, which they, they do. They're, they're close rivals, they're a big game, so they mean a lot. They're not, they're not the bit on end all, we know that, but they are big, it's a big local derby compared to... Uh, Probably more so than West Ham, than Brentford, and West Ham, and even Chelsea and clubs like that at Palace. But um, it, it's a big game for West Ham. But the main thing I would say is Pellegrini's looking for another good performance, which I think he got against Spurs. He was unlucky not to get something from that game. So I, I think he'll be, if he can if he can get a draw or win in this game, or he'll go to extra time or penalties, I think he'll be happy to do that. Don't forget, no extra time, Carling Cups or Carabao Cups. Straight, straight to penalties. penalties. Yeah, yeah, straight to yeah. penalties. Marko Arnautovic uh, has been suffering from a bit of a virus. Uh, if he doesn't play tomorrow, do you reckon we'll see Javier Hernandez up top for uh, up top for West Ham? And what sort of damage can he do? Obviously, you know, an experienced Premier League striker, someone that knows how to find the back of the net, but maybe has been denied, you know, quality service in, in, in sort of the past season, season and a half of West Ham. Yeah, I'm... Hernandez could well start, but then so could Antonio as well, because it depends how he looks injury-wise and how he thinks Hernandez is doing over the last sort of three weeks of his, of his comeback, whether he starts. I mean, I would expect him to start Hernandez, because he's a quality player, he's a proven striker, he's a proven goal scorer. But if he doesn't like Hernandez overly, as a manager, he might try and tell him himself 
rather than uh, and, and use that as an excuse as well. Not an excuse, but use that to use players because obviously he's not got an Outovich back. So Saturday he's got to play Hernandez definitely if an Outovich is not back. So he might use that to play Antonio up top on his own anyway. He might see a bit more Dan Garner as well, who's been really good for West Ham. Yeah, he's done really well since he's come in. I'm, I'm really looking to see. Uh, I'm loving Declan Rice at the moment. I'm really yeah. looking to see him play again. He's been playing awesome over the last sort of four or five games. As is Nobs and Obiang. I know Obiang missed Saturday and Nobs got sent off. But them three of the midfield trio have worked really well. And Declan, Declan Rice has been outstanding. So, And, I, and I've, I've also said West Ham need to get him tied down to a long contract as soon as possible. So that needs to be dealt with very, very quickly because come January, if that's not dealt with then I'm sure he'll have the big six sniffing. Yeah, you're going to see the poachers out, definitely. Steve, how do you see this one going, pal? Um, it's, it's going to be a very close game, I would have thought. I wouldn't have thought there'd be a runaway winner. Both sides, both sides are pretty even. Both sides are pretty injury-prone at the moment and struggling for players. So I can see a, a pretty, pretty even game. Hopefully, like the last game, which didn't work, the home advantage will work in West Ham's favour. Steve, top stuff. Thank you for joining us. Steve Jones, their former West Ham United forward with us on Love Sport Radio. Chaps, how do you see tomorrow going? I mean, it's, you know, the Carabao Cup, again, it's a trophy that, you know, you want to win. What is it, 10 years now since (laughs) that victory at Wembley? I remember Woody's goal. Um, You know, I was there. I was there for that game. As a guest of a sponsor, but yeah, Woody's goal, you know, and what was a, a really, really good day for Spurs, but you're going to want to win something. It's come to the point, Aaron, with this group, I don't care what it is, I think we do need to just win something. I know the argument will be, and Jason will probably agree with me, that if we win the Carabao Cup, the argument will be, it's just a Carabao Cup. But it's just a point now with this Tottenham side that we have to have something as recognition for, you know, Pochettino's hard work, for developing this squad, and I just think now, okay, as long as it doesn't detract, the season doesn't, you know, make us obviously fall this make make the season fall apart as it did do when we won it under Ramos. This squad do need to win something and we had Troy Townsend on our show a while back and I think it's a case of just Spurs getting over the line and saying, you know what, there you go, we've done it, we've achieved it once, we can do it. And I think once we've got over the line once that will lead to further trophies, Jace. What do you make of that? Well we'd love to win a trophy but it it's it's the old thing, isn't it? I mean we are talking about finances for the club, we're talking about how the club can't afford to uh, to sign players, we're talking about an extra two hundred and thirty seven million pounds of the debt. The most important thing for the club this season is is top four football again and it's horrible to say it as a as a supporter, but the the fact is that Tottenham need top four football for the for moving forward far more than they need a, a Carabao Cup. And I, I just think I, I look at tomorrow it's I find it almost impossible to predict I mean it was difficult enough to predict that, that Watford game <laughs> to, to predict sides. I have no idea you kinda of think the players that didn't play last night can play, but you've got players that that are coming back from injury, you've got players like Wanyama that have hardly played. So all I can predict is I don't expect Tottenham to to really be in much mm. rhythm, you'll you'll have players that are, 
you know, that are just all over the kind of place with with not a lot of understanding because they just haven't played that much together. So it will be a, a tough, gritty game, and, and uh, you know, finger in the air what type of score you'll see. What doing, Jay? Well, I mean, look, we've enjoyed our time under Pochettino so much, and but ultimately, you know, we want to remember him with a trophy. Um, so just to win any sort of trophy would be huge for us. And I think given the circumstances, you know, we're so so down at the moment that a trophy would give um, the whole club a big lift. But look, I don't buy into that certain players would rather win the Carabao Cup than qualify for the Champions League. I think what is integral for keeping our top players is having that Champions League football. And when we want to come to bring in top players in the summer, we've got to have offer them Champions League football. Yeah, I'd agree with you completely. I think Champions League football is uh, is integral, but if you could get something on along the way, and, and who knows, you know, obviously I don't want to be a, a monger of doom, but there is Europe's B-grade European competition that could be on the horizon for Spurs, and it looks like it's on the horizon. And you know what? No, no shame in winning it. A problem always that the, the other two clubs, English clubs, that are in that trophy, and I, I would imagine when that when the cup draw was made. I, I, I sighed when I saw West Ham because you just thought, look, don't give us West Ham, Chelsea or Arsenal because you know that the demand from the supporters will be take that game seriously, mm. really push for it. And it was just the worst, you know, one of the three worst draws. If if we'd have got Derby at home like Chelsea did or we'd have got, I don't know, Middlesbrough away or, or, or anything else, but the worst possible draw. And I fear that in that Europa League, as soon as we get into it, we'll... We'll, as soon as that stage goes where you can meet an English team, mm. we'll pull either Arsenal or Chelsea straight away from that. The other big thing in the past, though, is that Pochettino's kind of seemed to just been the, been these sort of competitions. So if we were to drop into it, I'd like to see us take it seriously. And I, and I think it's true. Aaron, you know, Aaron's made a good point. I think it would it's, it's a fine trophy to win. You know, Atletico Madrid won it last year. There is no shame in winning it. And Obviously, I'd rather we got through to the knockout stage of the Champions League, but I think at the same time, I think going into Europa League, if we were to take it seriously, would be a good thing. Hey, you never know. You might meet my mob in there. <laughs> you never know. You might meet us, Ricky. I mean, what I was going to say, chaps, when we can follow it up after the break, but how critical is it now this season on the approach of now a cup game coming up? that this Spurs team do win something this season. You know, Pochettino has signed that five-year contract in the summer. As we discussed about the squad, it's going stale. Is it at a point now where it's critical? Can you see any way forward? Is it going to disrupt you know, Pochettino at the club if we don't win something this season? We're now looking at five years into a project, haven't won anything. Pretty much, as Jamie said, the samey-samey squad. It's a stale feeling around the club. We've got the stadium issues. We've got the transfer issues. Is it pivotal we win something this season? I think it only is to the supporters. I think to the club, they look purely as its top four is far more important. Yeah, because of the, the finances. Because the exactly, we're, we're talking about we're struggling with finances now. So you, you've seen the figures come out. I think Tottenham earned what seventy million quid from the Champions League, yeah. and the winner of the Carabao Cup gets what less than two million J- quid. So J- Jace, there's, there's no there's no prestige in 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 finishing fourth. You know, let's be fair. No, there isn't. Let's be let's be fair. 19, you know, fans of sort of let 19 other clubs in this Premier League have been taking the mick out of the, the, the mob from up the road, you know, because they, they always claim the fourth place trophy, fourth, 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 fourth under, under Arsene Wenger. No, I, I, as I say, for, for fans, it's more important to win that silverware, but we're talking about wanting to push the club forward, wanting the investment for the club, and that comes, unfortunately, with £70 million of the Champions League money, not a million and a half for a Carabao Cup. So, so if you got, if you got this season, 
and I'm going to put this to all of you. If you got uh, the Carabao or FA Cup and the Europa League this season, and you finish and you finish sixth, and, and you get Europa League, would you be happy? Well, yeah, well, you won the Europa, won the Europa League. League. No, 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 no. All right, okay. you got into the Europa League. <laughs> no, I wouldn't no, be. No, no, I wouldn't be because so, okay, wait, wait. If you got fourth and didn't win a trophy. I'd sooner that than yes, the. Yeah. It's still deemed a failure. I still think it's a. F- it's not. So if you win the FA Cup, you won't be happy. And, and no, I'm not saying I wouldn't be happy. Aaron. What what I want to see ultimately, what I want to see is Tottenham win a Premier League title. And I think Tottenham are far more likely to win the Premier League title by being an established Champions League club than by winning one FA Cup every five years. But okay. Leic- Leicester disproved that, I know. But you know. The, like I say, the investments that we need to push this forward, to push our team closer to the the other sides, has to come from Champions League football. And I think Tottenham in the Champions League, year in, year out, would give us a much better chance to, to compete at the highest level rather than just winning a trophy. Yeah, it's it's a debate that's sort of going to rumble on. Those who want trophies, those who want sort of commercial success. Obviously, we know what Daniel Levy wants. It's not wanting um, commercial success. It's, it's wanting the biggest trophy that but, you can get, rather but, than accepting a but if, lesser okay, trophy. But if you if you if you can't guarantee the fact that Levy and Co aren't going to spend the money, oh, you, you might can't. qualify for the Champions League. But if he goes out and buys Nkudu Part Two or NG Part Two, you're going to be sitting there going, "We're going to get knocked out." No, so that's that's been the disappointment that we've we've now got Champions League three years in a row, and we don't feel off the pitch that we've attracted a single player if, because of the Champions if League. If there's one word I'd use to Daniel Levy this year, do you know what it is? Naive, naive on every single platform on transfers because he thought he could do it like he did, you know, his way. And people wouldn't build around him. And naive with the stadium as well. In the sense of he thought, you know what, we're going to have it up and running inside a year. That's a massive project. People can't build a house in a year. People struggle to build houses or flats in a year. This guy has tried to do something else. Can I just argue the point on that? that This business of we're trying to build a stadium in a year. We were going away our lane for the last two seasons. The stadium was being built. It's, 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 It's not true that this stadium has been tried to build in a year. They started to build it, what, three years ago. So you can't say that they've tried to finish one end of it in a year. But, I mean, we were there at White Hart Lane, what, two years ago? And, and three sides of it, were the, the structures were going up then. So this this notion that it's been built inside a year is right, wrong. But, but in, term, in terms of, you know, obviously from, from when White Hart Lane was completely flattened to, to, to where it is there, the, the, yep. the span of time he's done it. And this has come from someone, you know, with a construction background. He's tried to achieve something that's impossible, and for that, I'm rendering him naive. We've still got time to take your calls. It's 0208 70 at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Uh, we'll be back and we'll, 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 we'll be chatting General Spurs next. This is Love Sport. <laughs> Yeah, in the Carabao Cup, it is half-time at the Vitality Stadium. Bournemouth 1, Norwich 0, Junior Stanislas with the goal for Bournemouth. 0-0 between Burton and Abbey and Nottingham Forest. They're just retaking, uh, well, they're, they're retaking to the field. In fact, they have retaken to the field for the second half. And Karen, with some of your listener questions now, Jamie from Daily Hotspur. <laughs> um, at C Franks 32 asked... Uh, what do you make of Pochettino waiting to uh, waiting to bring on Deli and Eriksson, especially Christian, as I was hoping to see him any time after 60th to 65th minute? I doubt it, but do you think he had anything to do with the cup game in two days' time? 
Um, look, we've obviously on the show we. Um, criticised Pochettino's in-game management um, I was thinking in the game yesterday it feels like um, we're kind of waiting for that second goal or the game's killed off we kind of feel like we're leaving these substitutions uh, too late in the game um, so I would agree that maybe bringing on those t- two players yesterday a bit earlier would have maybe helped a bit more um, I would have thought that Pochettino would have taken the um, the league game more seriously, so I guess that Christian Eriksen just wasn't a hundred percent fit to start. Um, so I don't I don't think it had any bearing on the the League Cup tomorrow. Uh, fair play. We've had a tweet in from Duncan Spite saying uh, Champions League qualification has to be the priority. It's the modern day football trap. However, it must be achieved by having a proper go at the title. The mob down the road never did that. We could slash should. Yeah, I think that's that's a fair point. You'd, if you end up having fourth but having had a real push at the title rather than just saying we just want to finish fourth and, and struggling to get in there with a couple of points on the last day, it, it, it's how you end up in that fourth place, isn't it? Yeah, certainly. Rick? Yep, so another question in. We're going to go to, let's read out this, read out this one. This is from Jeff Knight at JKV2. He says, can we stay competitive with our current defensive wing-back setup? Question mark. Our, defen- our defence gets burned at burned out at least once a match. Our full-backs lack pace or attitude to drive the ball forward. But on a bright note, how great was it seeing Delhi back in a short time has made so much happen? I agree with Delhi. I mean, we discussed on the show about the new contract and how pivotal he is this ter- Spurs team. So I agree on that, Jeff. And we've, listen, we've discussed the wing-backs, haven't we, at length tonight, that we know that Spurs haven't really recovered from the loss of Danny Rose in his best form in that 2015-2016 season and Carl Walker on the right you know that's an area that I know Jace also has mentioned that we do need to try and address if not in January in the, in the summer Jace Absolutely we, we know that's got to be done and, and funnily enough Callum Wilson who's is he playing for Bournemouth tonight? But he seems to be <laughs> tweeting to Tottenham. But Callum Wilson, THFC, with his come and get me plea. But he, he says the same, you know, why do we continue to play Trippier and Davis? Having these two doesn't enable us to press. But, you know, unfortunately, they've been our only two fit fullbacks this season. So that's why they're having to play. Whoa, whoa we say that. There's Walker Peters have been fit. Why? I we, don't, might see it. Just, we might see him, though, might we, Jamie, against well, West Ham now. Tomorrow, we but um, even even so, I mean, Trippier hasn't... I wouldn't say he's been great this season, and he was awful yesterday. I don't know why we haven't tried him enough. And um, for me, you know, it's no wonder these sort of young players are going off to the Bundesliga and looking for opportunities, because I think he could be good enough. Yeah, it's disappointing that he didn't even play the Watford game, because he was actually on the front page of that, that programme, and I thought, well, that means he'll definitely play that game, and was, I'm, I'm really disappointed. We don't know, we've only seen him play a couple of Premier League games, he's looked, he's looked fine, um, but, you know, I suppose Pochettino looks at him every day, and, and if Kevin Nkudu's nutmegging him and, and going round him at every opportunity in training, perhaps that's why we're not seeing him. Well, the one thing I would say is that, obviously, you know, even Pep Guardiola couldn't see it in Jaden Sanders. And look, he's gone off to yeah. the Bundesliga mm. and absolutely smashing it. So, so in terms of the game against West Ham, let's maybe have a discussion. Who do we want to see play? For me, I want to see Gazaniga. Yep. I'll make that clear. I want to see Gazaniga playing this one. I mean, what do you Jay, who would you like to see in terms yeah, of the Gazan- squad we've got? Gazaniga will go in goal. It would be, like I said, I'd play Aurier at left-back, Carl Walker-Peters at right-back. 
and then I'd play fourth and I have no idea whether you'd, you'd have to kind of manufacture 45 minutes for Sanchez and 45 for Toby I, I don't see how you do that or 45 minutes for Dyer or something like that a, a, a real mix and match do you think midfield were okay because Delhi didn't play the full game Wanyama can presumably start Winks can presumably start but yeah. I think you know I'm Son- seriously worried about how fit Wanyama is mm. Lorenzo's going to start isn't yeah, it, well that's the big question I was about to say does he start is he actually good enough I mean for me I'd be looking at probably starting up front with Sun or Mora um, bit that, of pace that would be that mm. would be my choice I just don't think that um, Lorente yeah don't think he's good enough just going back to the midfield I think going forward if Wanyama and Winks can get themselves a good little combination going mm. you could have something there I agree do you know what the problem is I worry, yeah. worry how fit Wanyama, Wanyama is he's, just not he's fit, always he? got issues of fitness hasn't bit, he the, 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 he's got a, a I've long hearing, time yeah, now I've heard, I'm hearing that, that well that is a chronic knee injury, so that would add up, wouldn't it? Whether, whether he'll ever mm. be the same player. Again, if, if he hasn't got the mobility to get around no. midfield, that, that's why well, I say exactly. we're, we're really stuck in her area. Goal in the uh, in the Carabao Cup. Burton Albion 1, Nottingham Forest 0. Burton Albion, who haven't had the uh, the best of uh, starts their season, have taken the lead. So, yeah, Burton Albion 1, uh, Nottingham Forest 0. We've had a tweet in uh, from Pumpkin. Oh. Who said that last word on Spurs? Absolutely love your show. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten hearts, which I, I presume are all aimed for Jason. I was going to say, well, is it going to be one each and just we just cut? Well, whoever's, whoever's just got dish the rest. them all up. Yeah. I mean, I, I presume they're all, they're all for Jason. Of course they are. He's, he's an absolute. He's the pinup. He's the pinup on all the show. <laughs> Let's absolute. have it right. He, he's just he's just an absolute <laughs> hero. Uh, by the way, uh, the Jason topless calendar will be on sale uh, for <laughs> yeah. all good charities in twenty nineteen. Uh, chaps, how do we see this one going? It's it's West Ham versus Tottenham Hotspur tomorrow night at the London Stadium. Are you guys going? I'm not. No. Okay. If anyone has tickets and wants to give me them, you go. All welcome. No, I'm working tomorrow, so oh, can't do it. Well. we'll be we'll be previewing the game. No, don't oh, worry. Yeah. I say preview. We'll be reviewing the game ourselves on Thursday. But in terms of how it's going to go, I see Spurs going through again in the Carabao Cup on penalties. On penos. I, I honestly, honestly, I, I find it impossible to predict know, it. Other than the facts, mm. I just think it will be a a, a a struggle, bitty type of game. That's just because of the, the number of players involved that that, that aren't fit and aren't in a You're rhythm. Not a prediction, Jace. One-one. Don't sit on the fence. What's one-one? Right, one, one, we on, on, on penalties. One-one on penalties. <laughs> we just keep playing all night and change well I mean I look at our team I think the the forward line's still very strong so I would I would probably have said a defeat but looking how strong our team could be I'm going for 2-1 Spurs chaps thank you very much absolutely top end as ever thank you to everyone who's got involved with us uh, this evening of course this podcast available directly after 9 o'clock on lovesportradio.com or on iTunes for you pretty much hopefully guys from going to be from 1am on the Wednesday morning brilliant stuff it's last word on Spurs on our sport love sports Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.